Hi everyone, this is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show and the show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world, people that are also doing some great innovations, investing in some innovations, creating innovations that are changing society. Anyway, I'm really enthused and excited to have Jillian Manis on the show today. Jillian is the managing partner at Structure Capital. They've been investing in some great phenomenon, some great companies, some great new services that are changing society. Um, anyway, I don't want to steal her thunder. Jillian, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure. <laughs> well, excited to have you on. Thank you for making time, most importantly. Jillian, tell us a little bit about your origin story. Tell us about what led you to become the person that you are today. I have absolutely no idea. Really? <laughs> that's, a, that's a question? Yes. I have no idea. It's a small question. Uh, had a lot of jobs in my life, different careers. Um, I was in banking. I was um, director of development at Warner Brothers Universal Studios. I was associate publisher of two national magazines. I've had an angel fund. I've built a three companies, a sports management company, a media investment company, and a brand communication. And all of that sort of wrapped up into, um, uh, you know, a, a, a mission. And if you distill that all down in all those areas of expertise, I think that's what led me to be a venture capitalist. Now, um, I'm also very mindful of health um, and I'm not going to go into a whole long diatribe but at one point in my life I was homeless and uh, many years ago I was on the streets uh, in New York City I lived in many shelters and the level uh, and and it's just it always uh, deeply deeply disturbs me um, mm -hmm. that the lack of health care um, for in this country and the lack of advancement and just the basic needs for those people who have been marginalized by society, whether it be by job cuts, um, lack of health insurance, parking tickets, and they end up on the street. So I feel I'm on the Digital Health Board at Stanford. I'm a Dean Solid Medical School. And I truly believe that if we could provide more preventative health um, care, uh, we would have uh, less of a burden on on human mankind, but also on uh, the economic uh, bottom line of uh, this country. So uh, I'm super mindful of that. I um, had different health challenges in my life. Um, and I think some of them, hopefully in the future with my children, will be avoided. Um, I, I feel that we don't have as, as efficient healthcare as we could and uh, the point of care delivery is an area and a mission of mine as well as preventative care. So even though our fund is not a designated healthcare fund at all, we do have uh, a number of, um, we have a SaaS company that mobilizes healthcare workforces and we have uh, a device that is a miniaturized HPL machine that um, is actually right now in the first stage on wellness. Um, because I believe that breath science, it it's actually works on breath, literally breath science and mm. aldehyde, aldehyde stress. So I think that there's a tremendous, um, uh, there are tremendous frontiers ahead um, in breath science, obviously in genomics. Um, and I also think that another area that I'm very fascinated, which I think 
everybody will find probably roll their eyes, but I think smart toilets are um, super smart. Oh, super wow. smart. It's not an area I've invested in, but I'm fascinated <laughs> in that because, as we all know, gut health is where our old diseases start in the gut. Right. And if we, right, and if we can prevent and monitor, monitor and thereby prevent some of those diseases from um, from uh, from establishing uh, more territory in our bodies beside our gut, um, I think that that would uh, be helpful. So that's kind of an area that I'm sort of more personally kind of looking into because I think that there's really something smart there. I love it. I love it. Jillian, now it's, well, first of all, it's really super Thank you for sharing our, your, your story with us. And it's it's obviously pretty oh. profound, you know, where you've been, where you've come from, you've done so many different things. And, you know, you're not just paying back into society, but you're investing in services that are shaping society. The the gut health, I'm right there with you. And, you know, I think there's some tremendous innovations here. And it's, it's interesting when you find one um, and then you're like, oh my gosh, they're, you know, this co company's redefining the shower or this one's redefining the toilet. And yeah. think about these things, but you use them every day. And a lot of these things we're touching every day are need to be redefined, but acknowledge some of these other opportunities where that's a great point and point to, you know, potentially assess someone's health constantly and give that feedback. Uh, we have what hundreds of sensors in our cars. Why not have them around us even a little bit more if they can be done in a healthy way that informs us? So I'm right there with you. Uh, it's pretty fascinating uh, just hearing you talk about um, the opportunity. Tell, Jillian, tell me a little bit more about some of the other areas that you've been investing in, looking at, or fascinated by that and sometimes an investment doesn't affect someone's health or would be a necessarily a healthcare investment per se, but it could spring a, a societal shift or, you know, yeah. help alleviate yeah. homelessness or improve, you know, workflows in a company that improves employee morale or health. And, and all of these things are, you know, you're kind of doing some things. So just love to listen a little bit more. Yeah, well, you know, there's another company that you know, so I always look at what, you know, the, because if you touch human beings, you know, basically you are touching their health. Mm -hmm. If you're creating a, um, a product that is going to alleviate stress, is going to create a more efficiency in their life, is, is going to make people happier, it's going to make people more productive, then that all is part of health you know right that it's mental mind body soul it's all connected um we have one company that's really interesting out of mit and this is kind of a, a fascinating um it's called liquid glide um mm. and one of the things it's actually it changes the molecular structure of high viscosity liquids to create a zero stick surface and the reason why that's interesting is if you have, let's say, peanut butter, or if you have ketchup or anything like that, it changes the molecular structure and then it creates a, 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 a coating that's sprayed on the inside of the bottle so the consumer will get 100% of whatever is in that bottle, jar, tube, 100% uh, slides out. Mm. And, um, and then it is coated for manufacturing tanks. It reduces wastewater because between batches, you know, you have to spray out a tank and so it reduces um the wastewater to about one percent and it increases the yield um in the 90 percentile which is a huge huge bottom line um impact has huge bottom line impact 
But one of the other areas, there are 3,000 companies that have come to this one company called Liquid Glide. Mm-hmm. But there's one area that, you know, we're kind of looking into a bit. And it's very it's fascinating for me because I don't know if you know, I'm sure you know what a pick line is, but a pick right. line is a temporary, right, send in tube that delivers nutrients and drugs. Um, many times uh, patients actually end up back in the hospital because those little stents into the uh, this this subdermal or um, it gets clogged mm-hmm. um, and we and and it had to be changed periodically sometimes even daily so a lot of times patients can't even get discharged from a hospital because they don't have anybody to take care of those pick lines and it costs the hospital and costs the insurance companies like three x more if a patient then goes back into the hospital because clogged, if those uh, pick lines are clogged, it causes septic and thrombosis. And so subsequently, one of the um, areas that we are looking at right now and, and working on is um, uh, covering the, the stents. Mm. Um, and so it will prevent clogging. And even just with a pick line, you, it will have a huge impact, um, even something as small as that. Mm. Have an impact, it will reduce costs to insurance companies and reduce uh, costs, obviously, to hospitals. It will maintain uh, better health for a discharge and a, and a person on uh, probably in chronic care um, and uh, will reduce the risk of any infection. And also, um, you will not need care to the home in order mm. to change. And so it reduces that, the nursing uh, piece. And so, you know, you think of how healthcare, that tiny little change, that tiny little innovation um, is really uh, touching so many parts of healthcare. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's super fascinating. We have another company called WorkPath that mobilizes healthcare workforces. On one hand, Siemens is using it to partner up with their M- mobile MRI um, partners, uh, mm. the one the customers. So that they can provide tech that will then uh, service and uh, provide, you know, the MRI scans uh, with their machines. And then we have other companies like Memorial Sloan Kettering that's using it provide oncology, um, um, I mean, phlebotomy in order mm-hmm. to draw blood before uh, chemo, um, so that a patient does not have to come to the hospital. And what I think people don't realize is that chemo gets teed up, that those drugs get teed up uh, and right when the patient is getting their blood drawn. So if the blood comes back um, uh, negative, it, 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 then the hospitals have to throw out the chemo drug. Mm. And so 30% of hospitals have to throw out chemo drugs oh, wow. that are already teed up because of the blood test. So the ability to have those blood tests at the homes and also de-risking these, you know, these compromised immune systems um, from coming into the hospital in the first place, those with cancer, whether it be children or adults, um, even elderly, <clears throat> the ability to, to be able to have those blood draws are a significant impact that has another significant economic impact as well as humanitarian one. So... When I look at companies, um, I really try to look at the humanitarian, mm-hmm. um, as well as obviously the innovative, but, but 
any type of company has a humanitarian impact um, if you um, if the mission is aligned with um, with with creating a return to society, not just to shareholders. And that's the 21st century business model. That is right. the foundation of 21st century business model, right? The return to society, not just to shareholders. So that's kind of where we where we through the lens we look um, yeah. and right and operate with integrity which is one of the pillars of the 21st century business model operating with integrity so we're very much invested we talk about investing in values not just valuations mm. so we hold our companies accountable and to instilling um in values into the foundations of their the cultures of their companies because as we all know whatever challenges a company is uh is ha- is uh, confronted with, if they have good values from the top down and bottom up, they can more nimbly navigate any any of those challenges. It's when there are no values and there's no moral compass that the company um, then falls in, into um, into chasms, uh, which mm-hmm. often they cannot get out of. Mm-hmm. Jillian, yeah, no, this is really fascinating. I, I, I guess a couple of things I, I, I love about Structure Capital's branding is like, yeah, it is the culmination of everything you just mentioned. Um, it's not just waste reduction. It's not just creating a pillar for society, you know, sharing economy and, you know, integrity and values based. But, um, you know, some are always nervous to hear, like, especially if you're in a company, you're like, oh, waste reduction. And wow, this, you know, this organization is all about reducing waste. But, you know, if it's done right, you really around the well-being of society around a person. And so it's exciting. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. It's, it's super exciting to hear what you're doing. Where does that come from, Jillian? Where does that come from growing up? Like, I guess, did, was it, wait, have you always thought like this and like, you know, this thing could be better. This could, this process could, could be removed from waste a, a lot more. Just want love to hear yeah. about where that comes from. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think you have to think about what waste is and right. so waste for us, right? So we think about waste as wasted space. Because we have companies like Pure Space and mm-hmm. Sonder and Sweetness. And then we think about ways to transportation because we were one of the first investors in Uber. But we also have Cargomatic and we have Tango and we have Stellar. And so we think of transportation waste. And then we think of wastewater, reducing waste with Liquiglide, with this, uh, with this barrier out of MIT. Mm-hmm. And then we think of the most important waste. And that's why we call ourselves architects of the zero waste economy. Because the most important waste is wasted human potential. Mm -hmm. That is the most, that is for us the biggest. And so when we look at these companies, we also say, is this company going to create jobs? Is this company going to create opportunities? And, And I think so, we look at waste a little bit differently. And once again, it was very much back to my days on the street, um, homeless is, and I got there. I was very well. I was moderately successful at Credit mm-hmm. Suisse, and I I got into a domestic abuse situation, and the guy basically took me apart and took all everything I had, and I ended up sort of destitute after being pretty, you know, moderately successful at a young age, and then I just sort of disappeared. So it was. It was not due to drugs. It wasn't due to anything. It was actually due to domestic abuse. And mm. 
um, I look at a lot of different um, scenarios um, when I was on the street. I looked at uh, how people got there and, and was very mindful of that. And one of the ways that I actually got myself off of the street um, and back sort of thinking as a, as, a, as a productive person is that I started to create an assembly line and an efficient business model in a soup kitchen mm. and started uh, mobilizing the people at the shelter, the homeless as I was, to take shopping bags to different um, establishments like, uh, this is down the Bowery of New York, so I shouldn't even say establishments, little coffee shops and salons, mm -hmm. and put, and put um, uh, shopping bags out and ask them to please put in the shopping bags at night anything that was wasted, food, clothing people left behind, anything that they would throw out and be perceived as waste, mm -hmm. we would use at the shelter. And so really, my, I see venture capital through two lands. One, as a homeless person who on the street, if you live on the street, nothing is ever wasted. Everything is repurposed. Everything, and everything is valued. It's just the way you perceive it and use it might be different. Right. And so it's, right, so through two lenses. I look at it waste through a VC lens and one from a person on the street. Mm. and who does not think of waste um, the way other people do. I love it. I love it. Jillian, this is great to, to well, so first of all, you know, um, it really does feel like you've gone through that hero's journey, right? You know, you've overcome, you know, tremendous, tremendous things in the past to really set up a phenomenal organization that is, you know, investing and taking things that you saw with your own eyes and experience and, investing in things for the better for society. So it's really interesting. And it's really refreshing for me to hear an investor speak about it in terms of like these core, like really core solid foundations and values. And it, it obviously just serves as also a tremendous filtering criteria for opportunities you see and markets you see. So um, Jillian, I guess, um, first of all, I want to be sensitive to your time. I can imagine you got to run to something else here in just a second. I do, I but, do, I do. i to jump now. Yeah, no worries. But I just wanted to say thank you for making time. Thank you for being on our show. And if oh, someone sure. would like to engage with you online, what would be the best way to reach out or, or you know? I think to, to, to LinkedIn me. Um, yeah. To LinkedIn me. And right now we are not um, investing any uh, any other companies. Right. So, Although I pre always love a good pitch, um, we're not investing. We right. have uh, fully deployed the second fund. We are raising a growth fund for our higher performing companies. So if somebody is interested in that and would think they'd be a great LP for our fund and would bring strategy and, and the moral compass that we need, um, then we are happy to talk to people. Awesome. Um, but the most important thing is I'm hoping that your audience um, realizes the value of what you're bringing to them with this podcast. Um, and I appreciate that too, because the more information and insight we have and perspective. And thank you so much. Thank you to, uh, absolutely. Uh, Jillian, well, thank you for being on our show. Thank you for making time. Really appreciate that. And, absolutely. um, yeah, and absolutely. Jillian, have a great one. Thank you so much. Have a healthy day. <laughs> you healthy too. Day. I'm happy. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jillian. Cheers. Thanks.